Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17 in your Bibles, 1 Samuel chapter 17, and, and, and I, I'll tell you what I'll do, I'll just hit the high points of this message, and I won't give you all that I have here today, but 1 Samuel chapter 17, and as we begin a brand new year at Calvary Baptist Church, I do believe it's important that your pastor sort of give you what I believe is our vision for the Calvary Baptist Church of Union Grove, North Carolina. And a few weeks ago, I was preaching away and I, I, I brought this message in a church and we got out of the church service and got in the truck. My wife said, honey, said, man, you need to, wow. She said, you need to preach out at Calvary. And, uh, and I said, well, honey, you know what? Really, I already have. In a way, I already have. Um, she said, well, you need to preach it again. And, and so uh, I, some of these things I have preached before here at the church, but uh, this is definitely an updated version. And I want to talk to you about the mission of the church. And I'll do this real quickly. It's 12.05 on my clock right here. And, and we, we t- t- typically try to get you out of here about 12.30. And so just hang in there with me. And, uh, and you say amen real fast, and I'll preach real fast. How about that? Amen. Is that a good, that's a good deal. 1 Samuel 17, your Bibles, when you find your place, let's all stand. And I want to just use this as a, uh, as a jumping board to get into the message today. 1 Samuel 17, we're going to start in verse number 17 and read down through verse number 29. This is a very familiar passage. Uh, you know this story. You've read it. You've heard it preached from. But look at 1 Samuel 17, verse 17. And Jesse said unto David, his son, take now for thy brethren an ephah of this parched corn and these 10 loaves and run to the camp to thy brethren and carry these 10 cheeses unto the captain of their thousand and look how thy brethren fare and take their pledge. Now Saul and they that, and, and all the, the men of Israel were in the valley of Eli fighting with the Philistines. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to the fight and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to the same words. And David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up and it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his, ha- his daughter and will make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the men that stood by him saying, what shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him after this manner saying, so shall it be done to the man that killeth him. And Eliab, his eldest brother heard when he spake unto the men and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, why, why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart. For thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? You may be seated this morning and I'm gonna talk to you about this the mission of the church, the mission of the church. Let's go to the Lord and ask God to help us get right into this message this morning. Father, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. You're working. God, there's a, there's a, a very real, tangible presence of the Lord here today. God, thank you that before I'm ever up here preaching, folks are already getting help. Lord, thank you for this spirit of worship. Lord, we are thankful, we're grateful. Lord, I pray now that you'll knit our hearts and our minds together as we learn something from scripture and Lord, I pray that you'll just help me to say what you want me to say today and I pray I'll leave everything else out. But if there's something you want me to say that I had not planned on saying, then I pray you'll help me to say that. And so Lord, bless our discussion, bless this Vision Sunday 
And I pray that Heavenly Father, by the time this service ends by tonight, we're changed. God, I pray you'll put us on a, Lord, on a, a crash course with the will of God. And I pray that we'll be yielded. Holy Spirit, speak to us, please. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, we pray. And for his sake, and all God's people said, amen. And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? What a great verse. I've heard it preached from many times. I've preached from it many times. I'm gonna be honest with you. We have, as far as preachers are concerned, we have a tendency to sort of dramatize what David was saying in verse number 29 as if to say that David was a, a young man of great vision, that David had a cause bigger than himself. He had something inside of him that motivated him, and surely he did. But we sort of take verse number 29 and we preach verse number 29 as if to say that David had something in him that moved him to greater heights. He had something inside of him that drove him beyond himself. But I'm going to be honest with you, church. Basically, and some of that might be true, but basically what David is saying to Eliab is this, there's a reason I'm here. There's a reason I'm doing what I'm doing. David's eldest brother became very angry at David because of the things that David was saying and hearing and doing and and he rebuked his little brother who would one day be king. And David just said this, Eliam, I'm not here by mistake. There's a reason I'm here. I'm here because dad sent me on a mission. <laughs> That's what he's saying. Is there not a cause? There's a reason I'm here. I didn't show up here by accident. I'm not here by coincidence. I'm here because you're our dad. Sent me here to bring you some, fruit, some food to bring a gift to your superior and to take your pledge. Now, I just wanted to use that scripture this morning for a very important reason. David understood what his mission was. I'm here on purpose. I'm not here on my own accord. I'm not here by mistake. I'm not here because I have uh, very carelessly left the sheep in the, in the field. I'm here because dad sent me here on a mission. David understood his mission. Proverbs 24, three says it like this. Through wisdom is an house builded and by understanding it is established. By understanding, it is made firm. In other words, if you and I are gonna be firm in our Christian faith, it's important that we have an understanding. It's important that we understand what the Christian life is all about. It's important that we understand what our calling is. It's very, it's very interesting that if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you read the Gospels, one of the things that you'll figure out very, very quickly is that the Lord Jesus Christ understood his mission. He knew why he was here. It wasn't a mistake. It wasn't haphazardly. He didn't show up by accident. Jesus Christ knew why he was walking on this earth. In fact, in John 18, 37, the Lord Jesus Christ himself said it like this, to this end was I born and for this cause came I into the world. Calvary Baptist Church, if an institution is going to be successful, it's absolutely imperative that people understand what their mission is, their mission. Now, let me see if I can illustrate that a little bit for you today. One of the most successful fast food chains, at least now, in America, is one by the name of Chick-fil-A. True and Kathy started Chick-fil-A, by the way, a born-again born again Christian, very vocal about his faith, and uh, he started the Chick-fil-A company down around Atlanta, Georgia. I've been to that very first Chick-fil-A that was established there in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, now, almost 3,000 restaurants uh, dot across America. Uh, and and uh, again, one of the most successful fast food establishments that's ever been recorded. But part of that's because of something uh, uh, of this. That, that, that Chick-fil-A has a very clear understanding of their mission. In fact, so clear, they post it for everybody to see. 
In fact, if you've ever eaten at a Chick-fil-A, you probably saw their mission statement on the wall. And it goes like this, to glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that it's entrusted to us and to have a positive influence on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. That's our mission statement. That's our mission, our mission. Yes, we want to provide good food. Yes, we want to provide good service and all these other things. But we're here to glorify God and to have a positive influence uh, to all those who come in the door. Now, again, my point being this, Chick-fil-A is a successful company because Chick-fil-A understands what their mission is. Mission. In fact, you're going to hear that word so many times today, and by the time you leave, I hope it's in your mind. Mission. We have a mission. We have a mission. Calvary Baptist Church, we're not here by accident. We're not here by uh, just because we just happen to be here. We are here by the providential hand of God. There's a reason that the Calvary Baptist Church was established. There's a reason it's still going on in Union Grove, North Carolina today. There's a reason we're going out over the airwaves. There's a reason we're on the live stream. There's a reason we're on the radio. There's a reason because God has a mission for this church right here in Union Grove, North Carolina. I, I, I love history, and I know some of you do as well. It was June the 6th, 1944, a day that will forever go down in history, and it did. It was known as D-Day. I, I, honestly, I, I read history on this, and I, it's just it's, it's mind-boggling to think about this, but that day on June the 6th, in very stormy seas, and a very stormy day, 7,000, I can't, it's just hard to, to, to comprehend this, 7,000 ships and landing craft crossed the English Channel. Can you imagine what that looked like? What do 7,000 ships look like? 7,000 ships crossed the English Channel and those vessels carried 156,000 Allied troops as they landed around France's Normandy region and five different beaches, codenamed Omaha, Utah, Juno, Gold, and Sword, and it was dubbed as Operation Overlord. And those landing crafts hit the beaches, each of them carrying 36 troops, and those big iron doors went down, and those young men faced gunfire and machine guns and 50 caliber bullets and, and hand grenades and landmines uh, as they rushed off those landing vessels. But I said that to say this, can you imagine what would have happened if those soldiers had not been aware of their mission? Now think about that. Here they are fighting Adolf Hitler in the Third Reich. And when that big iron door falls down and they face that barrage of gunfire, what would have happened if those soldiers would have said, what do we do now? We don't know why we're here. We don't know what we're supposed to do next. We don't know where, where we're supposed to go. But that's the, the, the fact of the matter is, that's not what happened. Brother, I'm telling you, when those Marines hit the bank, they knew what their mission was. And I thought about this. Had they not known their mission, it would have affected the world as you and I know it today. If Adolf Hitler and those goose-stepping Nazis would have continued to, co to conquer Europe, did you know that our world may be totally different than it is today? But thank God, they knew what their mission was. They knew what their plan was. In the same way, if a church is gonna move forward, it is vital that a church understands its mission. Hey, Calvary, you have a cause. You have a calling. You have a commission today. And, uh, and we, it's very important that you and I understand, understand what what that mission is in 2023. I can do this quick. What is that mission, preacher? Let me give you a few thoughts. Number one, evangelization. Our mission as a church is that we share the gospel of Jesus Christ and hopefully see people come to know the Lord. Matthew 28, verse number, verse number 19, go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things and whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. It's unfortunate that the great commission has now become the great omission in a lot of churches. And we're preaching motivational messages and we're preaching self-help 
and we're preaching be a better you and become a better person and all these kinds. I'm not against some of those things, but I'm just telling you, church, and I don't mean to be, I don't mean to be overzealous this morning, but I'm telling you there's something inside of me that's burning inside of me and I just can't help myself. Calvary, I'm telling you, our mission as a church is to preach the gospel. That's our mission. Now, if you want to do a lot of other things, okay, but I'm just telling you, never get away from the main thing. The main thing ought to be the main thing. And listen, the main thing should have been the main thing 30 years ago, and the main thing ought to be the main thing 30 years later. And if Jesus Christ tarries his coming for another 20 years, in 20 years from today, listen, this church, one of our main goals ought to be that of evangelization, winning people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost part of the earth. Acts 2 verse 40, and with many other words did he testify and exhort saying, save yourselves from this unto regeneration. And then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Acts chapter four, verse four. Howbeit many of them which believed or which heard the word believed and the number of the men was about 5,000. Acts 5, 14. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes, both of men and women. Acts 5, 42. And daily in the temple and in every house they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Acts 20, 20. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what I'm saying for 2023, that evangelism ought to flow through every single thing we do. Everything, everything. Church, I mean everything. You say, Pastor, this, there, there's something different about this church. Good, good. We never struck out to be like everybody else. It's not our commission. Our commission is to carry out the commands of our Savior. And our Savior gave us that challenge to win the, the, the world to the, to the Lord. Our music ought to be evangelistic. Every service ought to be evangelistic. Every youth activity ought to be evangelistic. Every ladies' meeting ought to be evangelistic. Every nursing home service ought to be evangelistic. Every funeral service ought to be evangelistic. Every public school outreach ought to be evangelistic. Listen, church, that's what I'm saying, that you and I ought to be, as people walk into these doors, we ought to be looking for people. We ought to be so conscious. We ought to be looking for folks who need Jesus Christ. What about that young man in your Sunday school class? What about that person in your nursing home ministry? What about that inmate that's incarcerated? How about the one that joined our fellowship or the person who visited our service? They have a soul. Are they saved? I've never seen that person. Hey, I wonder if they're saved. I've never seen that young girl in our class. I wonder if she's saved. I've never seen that person attend our nursing home service. I wonder if they're saved. And, and you and I have a responsibility to be so conscious and to do our best to get those people to, to the Savior. Did you know that America benefited from the great ministry of Dr. Lee Robertson? In part because a Sunday school teacher knew what her mission was. Lee Robertson was 14 years old when he visited Sunday school with a friend. And he walked into the Sunday school class that Sunday and there was a lady, Miss Daisy Halls, some of you have never heard of Daisy Halls. The Lord has heard of Daisy Halls. And this friend just brought 14-year-old Lee Robertson into the Sunday school class, and Daisy Halls was the faithful Sunday school teacher in this class. And, and as they started the day, she went to Lee, and she said, Lee, do you know Jesus? Lee, have you been saved? And Miss Daisy Halls led Lee Robertson to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
You say, preacher, who's Lee Robertson? Lee Robertson became, uh, became the, uh, the, the pastor of, of the great Highland Park Baptist Church and, uh, and the president of Tennessee Temple University and, uh, and Camp Joy, and they literally reached thousands and thousands of people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why, preacher? Because, thank God, there was one Sunday school teacher who knew what her mission was. Evangelization. That's our, that's our goal. That's our mission. Jude 1, verse 22. And if some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Evangelization. But number two, what is our mission as a church preacher? Number two, edification. Our mission is, as a church is to, is to edify the saints. Now, edify. Pastor, what does that mean? It simply means we're to build up Christians in the faith. Romans 14, 19, let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. 1 Corinthians 14, 12, even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. 1 Corinthians 14, 26, how is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. Ephesians 4, 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Edifying, that's our purpose, that's our mission. Edification, building up. Somebody says, well, we gotta come back tonight. No, you don't got to, you get to. Someone says, yeah, we got to go back tonight. It's a Baptist thing. Oh, no. It's not a Baptist thing. It's a Bible thing. We don't come back on Sunday night because it's a Baptist thing. We don't come back on Wednesday night because it's a Baptist thing. We come back because it's a Bible thing. And every single service is designed with one thing in mind, to build you up, to encourage you in your faith, to, to, to exercise your faith, to help you to be a better Christian. It's why we have Sunday school. It's why we have youth activities. It's why we have revivals. It's why we have Bible conferences. It's why we have vacation Bible school. It's why we have ladies meetings. It's why we have men of, men of valor meetings. Why? It's all in an attempt to build you up in the faith. Now, think, think, think about it, church. Think about it. If all you enjoyed was one meal a week physically, you'd starve to death. You'd be weak. I mean, if you ate breakfast on Tuesday morning and that's all you ate all week long, I'm telling you, by Sunday, you would be weak and you'd be hungry. And yet that pretty much sums up a lot of churches nowadays. There's not a lot going on. There's not a lot of services provided. Now, why do we do what we do at Calvary? It's the mission of the church. We're here for the purpose of edification, of building one another up. And so evangelization, edification. How about this quickly? Number three, multiplication. Our mission as a church is to, is, is to, see, is to see disciples multiply. Matthew 28, verse 19, go you therefore and teach all nations. It's the Greek word mathetuo, and it means to disciple, to disciple. Acts chapter six and verse number one, and in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied. Acts chapter six, verse number seven, and the word of God increased and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Acts chapter nine, verse 31, then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. Acts chapter 12, verse 24, but the word of God grew and multiplied. What's our purpose? What's our mission? Our mission is evangelization. Our mission at Calvary is edification and our mission is multiplication. Now, let me tell you what happens. If a church remains faithful to its God-given mission, I believe this, I believe God begins to multiply the church. It's not our responsibility to multiply the church, but he will multiply the church if we do what we're supposed to do. So I'm ashamed, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm sort of ashamed to tell you this, 
But, and I don't know how my wife, I have been here for 31 years. That doesn't even make a lick of sense. But I remember coming at, boy, just coming fresh out of Bible college. And man, I had a, a zeal according to knowledge. This church brought us in. And uh, I mean, I only preached twice at Calvary and they, they voted us in. I think they needed a piano player worse than they needed a preacher. But anyway, and they brought us in. And I'm telling you, church, you say, preacher, were you green? Spiritually speaking, I look like the jolly green giant, I'm telling you. And, and, and I don't think it was all carnal, but I just remember coming in with both guns a-blazing. And man, and I thought, man, we want to be the, the largest church in Union Grove. And I don't think that was all carnal. I think, you know, I wanted a lot of that for the Lord, but I'm going to be honest with you, that was my goal. I want to have the largest church in Union Grove. And you know what would happen? We would grow a little bit, and then we'd go back down. We'd grow some, then we'd go back down. We'd grow some, we'd go back down. It seemed like we never could get traction. And I'll never forget, I was down here at the Greensboro Airport, Greensboro, North Carolina, had just flown back from a Bible conference, and it just so happened that, that Daryl Cox and I were in the airport together. That's going to be preaching for us in January. And there was a lot of things going on in fundamentalism at the time, and I'll never forget it as long as I live. Daryl Cox, we're standing in the Greensboro Airport, and Brother Cox said, Brother Pope, he said, can I give you some advice? I said, yes, sir, preacher. He'd been in the ministry for many, many years. And I said, yes, sir, preacher. Any advice you want to give me? He said, here's what you ought to do. Go back to Calvary, love the Lord, and love your people, and stay out of all this other junk. Just go back and love God and love your people and just pastor them and teach them the Bible and just stay out of all that other stuff. We were in all the major races. I'm talking about church races. We're in all the major races in America. Our church at the time, our church was in the top 50 baptisms of churches baptizing the most converts in America. Top 50. And so, you know what I did? I took Brother Cox's advice. I came back to Calvary and I said, we're getting out of all the races. If God builds this church, praise the Lord. If he doesn't, praise the Lord. I'm just going to come back. I'm just going to love my people. And I'm going to pastor them. And I'm going to love you, Lord. And I'm going to walk with you. And we're just going to do what you've called us to do. And the rest of it's in your hands. And all of a sudden, when I came back, and I think I finally got a clear view of the mission, man, the church began to grow. And people begin to come, and more people begin to come. And this little building down here, man, it just got packed and jammed. And we started putting people downstairs and tried to figure out a way to put people out in those little modulars that Brother Tim was talking about earlier this morning. And, and, uh, and the church began to grow and to grow and to grow. And uh, you say, Pastor, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. That God multiplies the church if you carry out the mission. He multiplies the church internally. Hey, can I give you this? He multiplies the church externally. What do you mean, preacher? I'm talking about externally by birthing and planting other churches. Several years ago, you know this. You'll, you'll, you'll meet some of you have never met our son, Brother Zach, Miss Amber. They'll be here tonight. And several years ago, five years ago, in fact, we, uh, myself and Brother Stacy and, uh, and uh, some of our other men had went out to California for a conference. And while we were there in Los Angeles, we decided to just go over to Hollywood and just do a little sightseeing. It had been years and years and years since I'd been to California. So we went down downtown Hollywood. Stacy, you remember this? Man, we parked our van and we started walking around Hollywood. And it was crazy. Dirty. Filthy. The, I mean, there was a, not a faint smell, but a very strong smell of marijuana smoke in the air. Homeless people everywhere. I'm talking about men didn't even have shoes on their feet. People walking around the streets just talking to themselves. Nobody was there just talking to themselves, dirty, hardly clothed. And I remember that day as we walked around a little while in Hollywood, you know, we got back in the van and, and I'll never forget, Brother Zach slid in beside me there in the van. He said, wow, Dad, he said, wow. He said, if somebody came to this place and planted a church, it'd be like going to the mission field. And I said, yes, it would, son. I never thought any more about that. Three months later, Brother Zach walked into my office with a very serious look on his face. He said, Dad, can I talk to you? I said, yes, sir. He said, I know beyond a shadow of any doubt, God has called us to Los Angeles to plant a church. 
And he and Amber went out to Los Angeles, California and planted the Haven Baptist Church. Most of you know that not long after that, Brother Timothy and Miss Hannah went out to assist that work. I think about William and Katie that are pastoring over in Denver, Colorado. And I think about uh, uh, Jacob and Bridget just pastoring over the way here in Harmony, North Carolina. And I think about Justin and Christian as God is using them with the Rock of Ages prison ministry. You say, Pastor, what's going on? God's multiplying his church. That's what's going on. When you carry out the mission, God multiplies his church internally. God multiplies his church externally. And I'll tell you something else. God multiplies his church externally by supporting missionaries. Dr. Harold B. Seitler said it like this. If a church is in need of finances, take on a new missionary. You say, Pastor, that doesn't make a lick of sense. Well, not to you and me, baby. Makes a lot of sense to God. Did you know that every time, let me just give you something here, and we're almost done. Let me just give you something as a church. Maybe you're newer here at Calvary Baptist Church, so let me help you today. Did you know that every time we do something toward missions, it's like God opens the windows of heaven. So sometime sometime back, we decided as a church that we would put two new missions apartments in down here at the old church, a place where missionary families could come in and find refuge and a place to rest and wash their clothes and eat a meal and not have to check in and out of a hotel. And and so we decided we're gonna build just the most beautiful apartments down here. Uh, When you finally see them, they're gonna knock your socks off. You say, preacher, why would we do something like that? I'm just telling you that every time we do something like that, God opens the windows of heaven and he, opened, he just pours us out a blessing. Uh, listen, we just, uh, the church just voted sometime back to start broadcasting our services on our ninth radio station, Mobile, Alabama. Just in case you're wondering, we're not done. We're not even close. But did you know that every time we step out, God steps out? And God not only steps out, God shows off. Hey, Calvary, don't be afraid of growth. Yes, I know, preacher, but you know, if things keep going like they're going, what are we gonna do? No, what you need to say is what he gonna do? What's he gonna do? Not what are we gonna do, what's he gonna do? You saw, I know we built this brand new auditorium and it's beautiful and it's large. And, uh, but preacher, what, what if it fills up? And did you know there is a God in heaven that says, man, if you think for a half of a second that this is all I can do, man, you've got another thing coming. Did you understand, brother? Listen, oh, listen to me. One of these days we may, may look back at this building and say, wow, I can't believe we actually had church in that building right there. Can y'all believe that? Somebody said live churches' expenses are always more than their income. Dead churches don't need much money. Live churches have parking problems. Dead churches have empty spaces. Live churches have some noisy children. Dead churches are quite as a cemetery. Live churches keep changing their way of doing things. Dead churches see no need for change. Live churches grow so fast you can't keep up with people's names. In dead churches, everybody always knows everybody's name. Live churches strongly support world missions. Dead churches keep the money at home. Live churches are full of regular cheerful givers. Dead churches are full of grudging tippers. Live churches move ahead on prayer and faith. Dead churches work only on sight. Live churches plant daughter churches. Dead churches fear spending the money, time, and talent. Live churches outgrow their Sunday school facilities. Dead churches have room to spare. Live churches welcome all classes of people. Dead churches stick to their own kind. Live church members read their Bibles and bring them to church. Dead church members seldom do. Live church members enthusiastically support the ministries. Dead churches have no ministries, only functions. Live church members look for someone they can help. Dead churches members look for something to complain about. Live church members reach out to share their faith in Christ. Dead churches members don't have enough to share. Oh, I want to say, I'm going to go on record on this first day of 2023 and just say, thank you, Jesus, for letting me be a part of this church right here. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah. I know, I know people say, well, don't go down to Calvary, a bunch of holy rollers down there. Well, beat your dead, dried up thing any day of the week. Thank God there's some life. 
Thank God, God is doing something. What is our mission, preacher? Evangelization, edification, multiplication. We're done, we're done. Number four, but this is probably the main one. Number four, glorification. Our mission as a church is that Christ be glorified. Calvary, listen to this, we're done. Glorifying God ought to be the central theme of everything Calvary Baptist Church does. And nothing, nothing must get in the way. We were created to bring glory to our heavenly Father. Isaiah 43, verse seven, even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I've made him. Isaiah 43, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter one, verse number 12, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. First Peter 2, 9, but you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. First Corinthians 10, 31, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of of God. Now, church, I'm done. I'm done. And, that's, and I'm just, I'm cutting out. I'm cutting out all kind of stuff. But listen to me. Whatever you do, don't you let anything ever get in the way of letting this, the main thing at Calvary Baptist Church, ought to be that God's glorified here. Amen. Don't let anything ever get in the way of that. You say, Pastor, why are you saying that? Listen, church, I have no idea what God's plan is. I might fall over dead with a heart attack tonight. You might be forming a pulpit committee by the time this week is out. You say, preacher, don't say that. It's the truth. And if that happens, I want, I want you to understand what your mission is. Our mission is winning people to Christ. Our mission, mission is building people up. Our mission is seeing God multiply this work. And our mission is glorifying the Lord. Understand something. We have a mission, a mission. Very sad story. Christopher Searcy was playing basketball with his friends on May the 16th, 1998, when he was shot in the chest and a bullet perforated his aorta. His friends helped him to get within 40 feet of the entrance to Ravenswood Hospital, and then they rushed inside and asked for help. And the hospital staff refused to help Christopher saying that it was against the hospital's policies to administer aid to those outside of the hospital. Eventually, a policeman was able to get a wheelchair. He picked up Christopher, put him into the wheelchair, and pushed him into the hospital, but it was too late. And Christopher Searcy died an hour later. You say, preacher, why are you telling that story? Because in my opinion, that hospital forgot what its mission was. They're there to help. They're there to heal. I don't care if you're inside or outside. They, they lost what their mission was. You know what's really, really sad? What's really sad across America, if you were to go to the average church member and say, what is your mission? They wouldn't have a clue. Well, we show up here on Sunday morning and we just hope God does something. No, listen, we have a mission. Our mission is to please our Heavenly Father and reach this world with the gospel. Listen to this. In the 1840s, John Getty left the pastorate of a church in Canada to take his wife and two small children to the South Sea Islands to begin a mission work there. After a voyage of more than 20,000 miles, they arrived in the New Hebrides Islands at Anidam. The island chain at the time was filled with cannibals. In fact, more than 20 crew members of a British ship had been killed and eaten just months before the Gettys arrived on the mission field. They faced the difficulty of learning a language that had no written form and the constant threat of being killed. Slowly at first, a few converts came. And then soon, many more received the gospel. John Getty continued his ministry faithfully, including translating the entire Bible into the native language. 
and planting 25 churches. For many of those years, he labored with little help and little word from home, but God was faithful to his servant. Listen to this church. In the pulpit of that church today, after all these years, stands a plaque in his honor, and this is what it says. When he landed in 1848, there were no Christians here. And when he left in 1872, there were no heathen. You know why? John Getty knew what his mission was. Now, Calvary, we're done. We're going to close our Bibles. We're done. Let me tell you what's going to happen. I'm not a prophet. I'm just a pastor. But let me tell you what's going to happen in 2023. As sure as I'm standing here today, let me tell you what's going to happen. Satan is going to give you 20 different things to get you sidetracked and distracted on. He will do anything in his power to get you away from the mission, from the mission. Here's what we have to do. We have to focus on what God has called us to do. You say, well, preacher, what about this other church? Listen, I don't care about what other churches are doing. I'm telling you, we have a mission at Calvary. And by the grace of God, we're going to carry out that mission for our Lord and Savior. Would you bow your heads with me, Father? We love you. Thank you for the opportunity to be here today. And God, thank you for moving in this service. Lord, I pray that you'll take this simple, simple challenge. And God, help us to understand that we've been called to something bigger than ourselves. This thing's not about us. It's not about what we like or don't like. It's not about Lord, it's, it's not about that. It's about carrying out the mission. We have a mission. You've given us, every one of us, Lord, you've given us a work to do. And so, Lord, in 2023, would you do this, please, 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 please. Help Calvary Baptist Church not to get distracted. Father, help us not to get sidetracked God help us to continue the mission our heads are bowed our eyes are closed let me ask a question how many are here this morning and you'd say pastor if I died today if I were to die today, I know beyond a shadow of any doubt, I know that I'm born again and on my way to heaven. If that's you, without anybody looking, you just slip your hand up as a testimony. Now don't raise it if you can't honestly say that, okay? Thank you so much, you can lower your hands. But how about this one? How about this one? How many are here today in this service and you'd say, Pastor, I'm gonna be honest. If I died, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. And I want you to pray for me. Preacher, I am not sure I'm saved. Everybody thinks I'm saved, but I'm not sure I'm saved. And I want you to pray. I want you to pray for me this morning with heads bowed and eyes closed. If that's you and you'd be honest right now, would you just slip your hand up? Just, just wave it at me today. Preacher, if I died, I'm not sure of heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there one like that anywhere? Pastor, remember me. I'm not sure that I am saved. Come on, be honest. I'm not gonna come back and try to drag you down the aisle. I just wanna pray for you. Is there one anywhere? Best I can tell, I don't see a hand. So I wanna ask this. Hey, child of God, are you on mission? Are you on mission? Maybe something happened in the past. Maybe something happened in a past church experience. Maybe something happened in your family in the past, but it got you off mission. Maybe the devil threw you a curveball and got you to swing at sin. And you sort of got away from the will of God. And you say, preacher, I didn't even mean to let it happen, but I got away from the mission. Okay, okay. 
Why don't you do this then? Today on this very first day of 2023, maybe some folks need to come and get on this altar and today on the first day of the year, dedicate your life to completing the mission. So let's do this. Would you stand with us all over the house? Father, thank you for your blessings. God, I pray that today would be a day of new beginnings. God, I pray that today would be a day that you anoint some people in a very special way. God, that we leave this place, Lord, consumed. We leave this place, Lord, totally, totally dedicated to the mission that you've called us to. Have your will, your will and way in this invitation, please. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I'm gonna ask our personal workers if they would just find their way to the altar this morning. Hey, how many of you need to come today to this altar and just dedicate your life to the Lord in 2023? How many are like that? How many moms and dads? How many moms and dads need to come on this very first service of the new year? and dedicate your home to Christ. How many? How many parents need to come today and say, God, help us in 2023 to be the parents that I need to be. Lord, help us to raise our kids with a mission. Lord, it's not about a career. It's not about being the attorney that makes the most money. It's not about necessarily being a doctor that lives in the country club. No, it's a mission today you'd come how many teenagers how many young people how many young adults need to walk an aisle this morning and find their way to an old-fashioned altar on this very first day of 2023 and say lord you've got me i'm yours 2023 i'm yours i'm dedicating my life to you god keep me on mission keep me on mission how many how many grandparents my uh, grandpas and grandmas need to come today and say, oh God, help me to reach my grandbabies this year. I've got some grandkids that need Jesus. Lord, if something don't change, my kids aren't living for the Lord. They're not giving my grandkids the gospel. And if something don't change, my grandkids are liable to wind up in hell. Grandpas and grandmas would come and say, oh God, we're dedicating ourselves to you. Use us, Jesus. Use us. Use us to complete the mission. God has something for you to do. You say, Pastor, I'm not a preacher. You don't have to be a preacher. But God has something for you to do. Would you come while we wait just for a moment? Anybody else? Father, thank you for your blessings today. Lord, thank you for all of these in the altar. Lord, I wanna, Lord, I wanna just kneel myself. And God, I wanna dedicate my life to you. Oh God, forgive me for my failings in 2022. Forgive me for those times when I let you down. For those times when I wasn't faithful. For those times when I didn't walk in the spirit. Father, forgive me. Lord, would you cleanse me even now? God, I just want to personally dedicate my life to you in 2023. I don't know what you have for me in this year. Lord, help me to stay with the mission. Father, help me to let my light shine. Help me to point as many people to the Savior as I can. God, help me to build up just as many Christians as I can. And God, help me to glorify my Lord. Oh, Father. Help me to glorify thee. God, help us to leave this place different. Oh, God, do something great on this vision Sunday. Give us a vision. And we sure thank you, Lord. You can look up this way, church. Folks are still on the altars. Hey, we're going to sing this little chorus that says, All to Jesus. Wow, what a... What a great song for the first day of the new year, amen? And you've sang this song many times, but we're gonna sing it together. Here we go. All to Jesus I 
church I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily on that chorus I surrender all I surrender all All to Thee, my blessed Savior I surrender all Thank you. Thank you, Brother Abel. God bless you. Wow. What a God we serve. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being a part of the service today. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and we're going to dismiss and let you go. And I want you to go home and get something to eat. And I want you to have a great afternoon. And uh, Lord willing, we'll see you tonight, 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock for the afternoon service. We'll have a great time of fellowship tonight as well. And uh, you won't want to miss the service this evening. All right? Let's go to the Lord. Father, we love you. And thank you so much for letting us be here today. God, thank you for the spirit that's here. Thank you, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Father, would you do this? Would you do this? Would you put a hedge of protection around this church in 2023? Father, please, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know that Satan is gonna fight. I know he is. Lord, the powers of darkness are not excited about what's going on here. And Lord, they're gonna fight with all that is within them. But Lord, we know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We know, Lord, that we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. We know that there's none as holy as the Lord, for there's none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. And so, Father, we pray that you'd please shelter us and protect us and keep us on mission, keep us on mission. Father, dismiss us with thy blessing and I pray you'd bring us back this evening excited, prayerfully, and I pray that your son will receive glory and praise from all that's done. We sure thank you for your blessings. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church. We love you. We'll see you tonight.